0: let's go how's it going everybody uh welcome to the third episode of the arizona streaming podcast Uh, my name is nick acosta and i am hosting this uh episode from the south mountain studio in phoenix arizona Something a little different this time, instead of having a guest, I decided that I was going to be doing this podcast um, solo, so completely by myself. Um, got a few things that I would like to kind of go over and really just kind of take this time to, you know, kind of just talk for a little bit. Um, I have a race coming up this weekend. I'm sure that you've seen uh, my stuff on social media. have been really promoting that, so I uh, really kind of wanted to put this together and kind of... Say thank you uh, to some people and kind of give you a little backstory, um, a little behind the scenes into the racing uh, of my life and uh, kind of prepare uh, you, I guess, uh, for this weekend and prepare myself, really. So uh, first of all, thank you to everybody who uh, has listened, has given me feedback. Um, I've gotten a lot of support, a lot more support than I thought I was going to have with uh, starting this podcast. Really, this is uh, really kind of a hobby for me. I mean, I, I plan to promote and use it for business, um, entrepreneurship, um, mortgage, you know, kind of all of the, all of the platforms are going to all mesh together anyways. But um, a podcast, really, I just wanted to start, as you've heard from my previous episodes, as something fun. Like, uh, I really enjoy having conversations. I really like talking. If you know me personally, you know that I like to talk. And I usually will carry a conversation with you for quite a while on a bunch of different topics. So um, that was one thing. Um, One of the other things was I really wanted to, and this kind of ties into the racing portion, uh, I really wanted to document racing when you know looking into 2020 i i've been racing for uh i mean since i think i have my first race when i was 12 13 or 12 and uh more recently my brother and i started racing back in 2014 so going on six years of consistent racing for the past um, six years at least one race a year maybe two or even three depending on uh you know how how much we were able to get out there uh you know from there we've we've had some ups we've had some downs we've learned a lot of stuff it's really funny kind of thinking back to the beginning of our uh tyler and i's race career uh we have plenty of stories of one of those but i'm gonna i wanted to share on this podcast specifically leading into the race this weekend um but learned a lot i mean we've Have a million stories. the The thing that you'll hear from me, whenever and if you're involved in off road racing, you know, is that you get a million stories from just one day out in the desert racing. You know, being in Mexico and and spending a week down there pre running, watching the race, you you just get these lifelong memories that you know when you're with your family and friends that you were down there with you just bring that up you know like, hey remember this time when we went to taco stand and middle of nowhere and it just these memories really really last um and it's kind of what the offer community is really built on i mean at the end of the day now it's really just a hobby i mean there's a lot of money that's being spent in it now but it started off as just a hobby and you know obviously back in the day you couldn't really document, um, these crazy stories or these trips like we do now with social media and being able to video literally anything from anywhere in the world. Um, so it, it's kind of cool cause we, I get to have a different perspective, um, from my grandparent or my grandpa and my dad racing back in the day to kind of where we're racing now. So, um, kind of give you a little backstory. So Tyler and I started racing in 2014, uh, first race we did was uh, the Silver State 300, which is uh, best in the desert race, same series that I'm going to be racing this weekend. Um, it uh, starts in a town called Alamo, which is about an hour, two hours outside of Vegas, a little bit north of Vegas, and is a point-to-point race, meaning that you start in one spot and 300 miles later, you're in a different finish line. Um, wasn't too much farther from the start line, but it was about one big loop, but instead of just one loop, multiple laps, you just point A to point B, um, which was very, very interesting um, being a first-time race for us and not really knowing what to expect. Um, So it was kind of, we didn't really know how to plan, kind of were just the bare bones. Um, So it was really... We got a hotel in Vegas where registration and tech was. Um, we towed, my dad had towed a, a box trailer that we have, which was not really needed. We didn't have a truck available at the time, which is crazy because you, you're racing dirt bikes and you don't have a truck, which is how you can transport your true bike. If you end up, yeah, busting down or, or anything just from point A to point B. And uh, so he towed up a, The Yukon with the box trailer stayed at a hotel um, in Vegas registered and then the night before the race after the drivers meeting that we had drove up to this town called Caliente which is a mining town um, like I said about two two and a half hours north of Vegas um, through the middle of nowhere so We're going up there. Uh, We have a driver's meeting before every race that goes over all the course notes, Um, basically thanks sponsors, kind of goes over any details that we're going to need for the race. Um, So go through the driver's meeting. Um, Tyler or Brandon and my dad take off to go get our room situated. Um, And then Tyler, myself, and (laughs) shout out to Uncle Jerry uh, took after the driver's meeting, took a Honda Civic from Vegas to Caliente through the middle of nowhere, and it was a very, very interesting drive. We had no idea where we were going. We actually missed the the exit that was the well-known exit of, like, hey, this is where you can turn. There was another exit that we could take another 10 to 15 miles down the road, but it was a little bit more uh, deserted it was kind of just a turn off and then we just went through these hills for 15 20 miles in the middle of dark and didn't see one car either way and then ended up hooking up on the interstate which was the road that we should have taken in the first place and just got tapped out in the middle of nowhere in a honda civic with three big dudes and a bunch of dirt bike parts and yeah so we get to. we get to Caliente, the hotel that we're, well, it's a really like a motel that we're staying at. Um, it is a split, it's basically like somebody's house, split room. So kind of like a living room uh, for the first room. And then the back room was more like a back bedroom and a shower. Um, I specifically remember uh, we had to, sp- everybody had to share beds. And then I think Brandon slept on the ground. But um, I remember in the middle of the night, um, Gibby and I were in the same bed, and he gets up, jol- jolts up in the middle of the night, just like, what the, what the heck is that? And he's, uh, he swears that there was a, ma- uh, a rat or a mouse crawling through the bed, and so didn't really get to sleep much uh, that night, just because pre-race jitters and, uh, you know, rodents crawling all over your bed, and no one's able to really get any sleep. Um So the plan was for the race was that it's 300 miles. Tyler was going to start the race and go to uh, about race mile 150, basically halfway through the race. And then I was going to get on and finish. Um, Good plan because uh, I was, since we only had two vehicles, uh, basically Tyler, my dad, and Brandon all took off to the start and got the race started and, uh kibby and i hung back and um you know kind of waited luckily the race course came right through town where we were staying so it was about 15 yards from our hotel room so luckily we can kind of wake up and get some you know kind of wake up get the jitters out get some food and and be able to not have to be in a rush to get somewhere to get on the bike so he get up have some breakfast uh and then we hear on the radio we had the radio set up because we're gonna hear from my dad just because there was not great cell reception uh that t- two about two miles into the race uh tyler wads up the dirt bike just i guess he was uh, going down a flat road just as fast as you can go and just didn't see a churn or it was in the dust, I believe, cause it's really dusty at the start, just cause there's, if there's no wind then the dust just hangs around. So, uh, was supposed to churn and didn't make the churn, uh, ended up going over the bars, basically uh, cut the half part back of the bike off, you know, rear fenders basically gone, there's side panels gone, um, hand guards are gone. Luckily the bars weren't too bent, they were pretty salvage, so uh you know looking back into this just our first race one of the things that we just super naive about is we we were running a 10-year-old at the time a 10 year old maybe slightly less than 10 year old bike um with minimal prep. I mean we put minimal hours into getting it ready if if it ran then we were pumped and we were just gonna go for it. So we do things a little bit different now. I mean we're still Not as great, but, uh, I mean, we get a full prep on it and kind of have a bunch of testing that we like to do before, you know, going out and racing, but looking back, it was very, very basic and bare necessities, I guess you would say, um, going into the race. So, so here Tyler crashes and, uh, kind of not really sure if a, if he's even okay, um, if we're the only thing is my dad says that he's going to continue the race. So um, we're like, okay, well, I'm going to get, let me get on the bike. Um, so get back in race mode, get ready. Um, he pulls in and the bike is beat. I mean, it's the rash. I mean, it did just go through 150 miles. Um, but he just, from the, the initial crash, he, he had done some damage to it. So, really reassess the bike, see where it stands, um, get it ready to ride again. And then I take off and, um, you know, really enjoyed this course. And we, we've we've ran it since that first race and, and we really enjoy it because it's just a lot of flat, flat out as fast as you can go roads, um, down into some washes and a bunch of fire roads and really fun course, uh, So I get on the bike and, you know, go through a couple water crossings and, uh, having a good time, um, basically get all the way with no hiccups, um, to probably about 30 miles from the finish. There was a last pit stop got in, um, you know, the whole goal going into the race was to get a finish. I mean, in desert racing, that's really what you're fighting for first, because you can't win the race if you don't finish a race. So from the start, the real goal was just to finish, obviously, our first desert race, really didn't care about where we placed, just a matter of getting into the, to the end, but, so the, you know, leaving the pit, getting fuel, and then taking off for, towards the finish line, you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're coming to the end, like, this is it, like, we're going to do this, we're going to finish our first desert race, how badass is that? Uh, literally, um, I, and I specifically remember because <laughs> every even when I've done it the race recently, I still kind of get cringy. But there's a last straightaway, um, last couple straightaways. So you're coming down, basically going uh, north south, and then at 90 degrees east west for about a mile and a half, and then it's another 90 degree right back north, um, and then you just go straight out for a quarter of a mile for the finish line. So I was going down the, the first straightaway, hooked that left to go east or to go west. But flat out, I mean, as fast as the bike can go. Um, and then I know I see the the upcoming hard right, tap on my back brake, and then I guess I just grab a little bit too much front brake, and my, my front end literally washes out, and I just smack my head as hard as I can. It's hardly like fit on the ground, just basically completely wash out the front end. And, uh, yeah, so I get up, I see somebody else coming in the distance. And so like, yeah, super macho me. I'm just like, well, let's pick the bike up and I can't see straight, but I know that the finish line's right there. So let's, let's get it done <laughs> and just turn it around. And there was a, actually a guy that was flagging people to turn at that point and, like, you're good you could like just it's all right just take your time like the race is over and yeah so i, I took a minute but i didn't let that guy catch me i think at least I, that's how i remember it and uh finished the race showed up and the the bike is completely thrashed the, i mean as i said before and even halfway through the race it was destroyed but even the commentator the and the guy that interviewed us at the very end was like hey, you to leave some parts of the bike way you know out on the course and so you know looking back on it it's it's quite an experience it was for sure a learning experience um, a lot of a lot of thought had gone into it and built up into it cuz we had one and we have we've we've been wanting to race for for quite a while at this time a lot of stuff that we've talked about for a while. Um, but just getting to the finish line and, and kind of getting that bug, you know, we, we really fell in love with the sport and, uh, and yeah, six years later here we are still racing. So now fast forward to where we're at now. Um, so last, last year I didn't really race too much. Um, I raced one race, which was a local Arizona race up in Flagstaff, it's a really fun local race. Um, you get a huge turnout. The weather's awesome because it's up in the mountains during the summer, so we're not down in the, in the heat. And it's a uh, it's just a really good time. I've raced it. This was my second time racing it. A sweet place called the Cinders. It's basically um, mountain volcanic rock. Um, so if you if you imagine mixing like volcanic rock with glamorous dune sand, then it's just like loose loose volcanic rock that's like sand it's it's super hard to explain but once you're there you you understand but super fun place to ride um it was a blast it kicked my butt um we were expecting maybe a little bit more expanded course a little bit faster but this one was super tight and technical and anyways had a blast but that was really my own race you know having (laughs) My, uh, my racing kind of got put on hold when, when Diego was born. So really wanted to kind of just get back into it and see, you know, kind of where I stood just for not having had race in over a year. Um, just wanted to see where I could put myself physically, where the bike stood and, you know, how I felt on the bike. And at the other day it was, I had a good time. I had some times where I pushed and had some times where it was like, okay, this is a struggle you need to work on this. So, kind of really tabled that after after that race, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I've I wanna do some local races, but it's just a matter of having the right time and just yeah, work got super crazy and super busy. So kind of just it got put on the back burner. Um during the summertime I started reading uh David Goggins's book, Uh Can't Hurt Me and it really motivated me to take my fitness to a different level. I mean, I still have a long way to go and a lot to learn, but, um, just the way I've, d- I've been a ton more consistent with my working out. You know, I have that four 30 wake up call every morning and it's, it's hard. It's super, super hard. And I, I really enjoy working out in the morning. I really love working out in the morning. I prefer doing that than doing it in the afternoon or the evening. I just, the feeling that you get after working out in the morning, I will forever love to work out in the morning. It's just, it's, I've, I've been hooked. So I really worked on my consistency, meaning, you know, I've go four or five times a day and it's, it doesn't even need to be a hard, extra hard, crucial workout. It's just as long as I'm in there and I'm, I'm getting moving and, and feeling good. That's it's really gone a lot farther than I thought it would. So um, I really wanted to do something that I could challenge myself, um, as well as get back into racing. I, I've, I've, wanted to get back into racing. And now that Diego was a little bit older, I was able to, um, kind of divulge a little bit back into riding, and, uh, was like, you know, what, um, you know, normally Tyler and I would, would team up for Parker, um, in January, but I didn't really know where his head was at. Um, and I really wanted to see, I mean, if I can do it, like, I mean, I wanted to, to challenge this for myself. So brought it up to him, you know, kind of wanted to see where his head was at. He was super supportive, agreed right away that he would be there for help, help Pitt, and just kind of be there as the, as the pushing, you know, kind of pushing me to do it um and so i yeah i was like yeah let's go i'll sign up for Ironman, man and which is um for those of you who don't know Ironman man means that you will be racing completely by yourself um so you will race from start to finish your bike you you're the only one that's racing um i was going into it thinking i was going to be doing three 80 mile loops for a total of 250 miles but um this year they changed the, um, expert category, their class, um, instead of doing three laps, like they've done previous years, they're only doing two laps. So I'll be doing 180 miles, give or take five, or, um, five to 10 miles. But at the end of the day, it's still 180 miles. It's the most I've raced at once. Um, I've raced in Mexico and I've had long sections of Mexico, but I feel like that's a different beast. This is a, a flat out, you know, let's go as fast as we can right now. Whereas Mexico, I feel like you got to be a little bit more, you got to be a little bit more planned out. You got to plan your sections a little bit better because it's a little bit more rough. Uh, whereas Parker is rough, but it's really, really fast. And we've done, it's usually the same course every year. So we've done this a couple of years. And so I know the course really well. Um, so yeah, just wanted to do it by myself, uh, kind of set out that goal kept i threw it out to lynette threw it out to tyler kind of was like you know I, I think i want to do this um and i've got both of them were super supportive so from there i was like all right well i guess i'm i'm gonna do it so kept training really hard um pushing i i got my bike in shape so you know, i was able to get out and get some ride time um took it to nate my guy <laughs> Skates Motor this um, is my guy, so he always hooks me up. And then, uh, yeah, I got a bunch of ride time, and so here we are. So it is um, I said it's Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. It's going to be Thursday when I post this, but uh, Thursday before the race. I just got done putting new plastics and graphics on the bike. Still got a lot of stuff to do. But it's here, so it's make or break time. But I wanted to definitely kind of take a moment and do this where I can document where. Because, you know, through the process, I wanted to, when I said I wanted to do the Ironman, I wanted to also document it for people that don't know what desert racing is. You know, I have a ton of people that are in my sphere, whether it's at work Um, friends, you know, anybody new that I've met recently, you know, they know that I ride dirt bikes, but they don't know that I race dirt bikes. And they don't really even understand what that means. You know, do you race like the people on TV do or, you know, what, how does it work? And, And desert racing is very, it's very unique in a sense that it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, you start and you're on time and then you start at different intervals and somebody, that starts before you if you finish close to uh, if you finish close to them you don't even necessarily need to pass them but you can still beat them based on their time um, you race through the middle of a desert with no local support <laughs> you race hundreds of miles at times you do it by yourself like a lot of this just doesn't add up to the normal population and i've realized that in the last couple months because people come and ask me questions because they're genuinely interested which is awesome because i love this and obviously i love this enough to talk about it and, and have a podcast on it but you know this is this is fun and when other people want to know about it it's, it's really fun to talk about so really wanted to kind of give a behind the scenes of what goes into preparing for a race, getting the bike ready for a race, getting ride time. Um, luckily I was able to get some camping in with some family on, on New Year's and actually got to ride in the, the desert that I grew up in. You know, that was a ton of fun. Um, so Thursday before a race, uh, we're going to head out tomorrow morning. I think probably gonna leave around nine o'clock. So I will go through registration and it's called tech where the bike will go through a technical inspection, make sure safety stuff is there. Um, They have the tracker on my bike and it works um, as well as the correct numbers and the appropriate amount of numbers and so so on and so forth. It's pretty minor with bikes, with cars. It's a little bit um, more intricate. And then, uh, yeah, I'll have a driver's meeting about 630. That'll be an hour. We're going to basically have a basic, easy dinner to the night before the race. And then staging is at seven, which means I show up at seven and they put us in line of who's going to take off in order. And then seven thirty is when the race starts. And so from there I will be doing two laps, 80 mile loops and it should be a really good time. It should be a really good time. I'm, I'm pumped. Like, still hasn't hit me because we're not on the way there and i still got a lot of stuff that i gotta i gotta close up but um i mean it's here it's we're 72 hours away from from it so um my mindset's there i'm pretty pumped to do it and i i've gotten a ton of support like i said from a bunch of people so to anybody that's listening to this i thank you thank you for supporting me and like just the just the the pushing or like the asking questions or like, Hey, good job. Or you can do this. Like super cool, man. Like is a hobby. It's what I do for fun. <laughs> and you're like, I, it's pretty cool to, to get that feedback. So um, huge. Thank you to Lynette. I, I can't thank you enough to let me go out and do this and have you help and be there for me to, to, to get this done. And, and to have Diego there with us. It's, it's super cool. Um, thank you, Tyler, for pushing me. Let's let's get it. I'm, I'm pumped to have you right there. And uh, thanks, AEO. Thank you, Nate. Thank you to all my family that's going to be there. Um, I mean, there's tons of people that I can name off, but thank you if I didn't get you. So... With that being said, I'm going to wrap up. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed my story. Um, I got plenty of them. So this is maybe one of the, the solo spinoffs. I have a couple ideas of, you know, if I don't have any guests lined up, um, what I can do to, you know, keep creating this podcast, keep it going. Um, You know, I I realize it's still in the early stage and (laughs) right now I'm just babbling and talking and, you know, it, it may be a little bit redundant, but, Um, it will get better. I know that. And I've kind of taken with a grain of salt knowing that it's, you know, each time you get more experience and it's going to be cool, but thank, thank you for the support and for, yeah, just listening in general. So, um, I will definitely be having a wrap up show, um, after the race. So until then, um, thank you for listening. Hope everyone has a good rest of your day and I will talk to you later. Bye.